Hey everybody, welcome to episode 31 of the Snake of the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Vines. You can find me on Twitter at jsnake underscore dff. In this episode, I'm going to answer one listener question and talk about how, how I know when it's time to rebuild slash retool and then how I'm going to do it. So let's get right into it. So the first question is, who are a few deep stashes you are keeping your eye on in Dynasty that you'd love to add to your team for a possible bloom in 2021 or later? Could be throw-ins or cheap buy types. So in general, I don't really have any deep stashes off the waiver wire. One person I would look to grab, because I've seen it a couple times on Twitter, is to look for Keyshawn Bond if he's on waiver wires. So he's someone I'd be looking to uh, add on my teams if he's on the waiver wire, or if I could send maybe a 2021 third, I'd do that in most leagues. Uh, but a couple of players that I'd be looking at, it's mostly related to rookies that are either disappointing or currently on IR. So I would say i go for someone like uh, Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims. Mims is actually someone that I like a lot right now because his price is just so low. A.J. Dillon, I still am not sure if Aaron Jones is going to be re-signed, so A.J. Dillon could get a lot of the first and second down roll. Also, Cam Akers, a lot of people are really low on him and just aren't really feeling it, so he's someone that I could be looking to grab. Like, if I could trade James Robinson right now for Cam Akers and Dynasty, I'd do that all day. And then the last one, this one's actually a little bit more pricey, and I'm talking more super flex leagues here. It's two attack of Aloha, so he's the cheapest he's going to be, and that's because he's just not starting right now. So he's someone that I'd be looking to add in uh, super flex league and overpay just slightly. And honestly, an overpay is his current value. So... Now I'm going to talk about how I would look to see if my team needs to do a rebuild slash how I would go through it. And the first step really is just looking at your team as objectively as possible. So you need to compare yourself to the top two to three teams. And with this, I'm talking about if your team's like currently 0-3, it's looking rough. You're probably going to start 0-4. And And I'd look to try to make some moves this weekend if you can. So again, look at the first two to three teams. Think, can I beat them on a week-to-week basis without being lucky? And that's the goal. You're wanting to think objectively, can I beat them? Obviously, fantasy football is full of luck. You just never know when a player is going to go off. Or a player like a James Robinson just shows up out of the blue. Um, And then another thing you can do is you can look at potential points. And that's something every league tracks. It's on Sleeper. It's on MFL. It's on all sorts of league. Well, okay, Yahoo, ESPN, you can't you can't look at potential points from what I know. But on Sleeper, MFL, you can. If you don't know how to do that and you want to know, just send me a DM on Twitter and I'll t- walk you through it. But with potential points, that's going to show you if your team on a best ball basis is one of the top teams and you're just getting beats on a just rough basis on who you're starting. Uh, another way is just looking at points for also. That's a good way to just double check where your team is at uh, just based on like if you're 0-3 and you're like the fourth best points for and you look at your team and you're like, yeah, I have a chance to be the top guy once Michael Thomas comes back, then obviously stay the course. I wouldn't panic yet. But if you're 0-3 and you're like, man, I just lost Saquon for the year or man, I just I have Lev Bell as a guy that I was really hoping on. I dare these guys going to the season. It's just falling apart. It's time to start looking to next year. And some people say, well, you're trying to play fantasy football, dice fantasy football. You want to win this year. You should always go for this year. But at the same time, you don't want to be giving away your money every single year. And if you can do moves now to help you in the future and set yourself up a, quote, dynasty, that's the move to make. It's not to be stubborn. It's not to hold on and be like, oh, I'll trade my draft pick. And then the draft pick's a 1.04, and then you're feeling really dumb. That's all we want here. So the first step to doing a rebuilding slash retooling, and I'm saying rebuilding slash retooling because rebuilding to me is about, it's usually, I'd say, a two-year thing, or retooling is like an off-season thing and right back at it. So if your team has Saquon, Tariq Cohen, Cortland Sutton, then I could say you could probably do a pretty quick retool in general if you do a couple of moves here and there, as well as do some nice trades in the offseason. That's what I 
found is uh, take value when it comes and then move it later if needed. So uh, rebuild, I have a couple of teams that are full rebuilds. I had one team that went through a retooling. So it just depends on how you're doing. So again, first step to doing a rebuild slash retool is make sure you have your own 2021 first before you do anything. And I'm fine even overpaying for this because your goal is to make your rookie draft pick the 1.01 or 1.02. And I'm going to talk through how you're going to do this. And again, it's not tanking. You're not going to tank. What you're going to do is you're going to trade away your top assets or even your middle tier assets for the younger draft picks, for the younger guys or the players that are on IR in general. So First step again, get your 2021 first. And then the next best advice that I was actually from at dynasty underscore dad FF on Twitter is make a splash trade, make a huge trade, make a big trade that sets the course. So one example of that is in one league, I traded Stefan Diggs away for Justin Jefferson. And then it was a 2021 second at the time, which you may think, eh, that's not too bad. But at the same time, Stefan Diggs was playing really well. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this trade. And I like the value that Justin Jefferson went off and did 35 points. So I was like, well, you're not helping the rebuild, man. What are you doing? Anyways, that happens sometimes. That's part of fantasy football. But then you can be excited about the rookie and that rookie's potential. So again, make that splash trade. Trade away. Like, let's say your team, your only good guy is Alvin Kamara. Trade him away. Like, it's okay. You don't need to hold on to Alvin Kamara because he's going to be pretty close to 1.01 if he keeps his current status in one QB leagues and two Q or Superflex leagues. He'll probably be like 1.03, 1.04. He'll jump Saquon almost guaranteed right now. I think he'll also jump Zeke. Um, but if you only have one or two solid guys, move them now. Don't just hold on. Like you, If you only have Patrick Mahomes and, and Alvin Kamara in a 12-team league and you're currently 12th place in potential points, but you're somehow 1-2, Dude, start making moves. Don't be stubborn. Don't think I need these studs because what you can do is you can make a move and you can get someone like a DeAndre Swift, a Cam Akers, and maybe Justin Jefferson and a 2021 first for Alvin Kamara right now. Now, that may be a little ambitious to get rid of the 2021 first. I'd still do that deal if I wanted to retool for the next year. For Mahomes, get someone like a two attack of Aloha because, you know, he's not going to really affect you on a points basis and also not give you, uh, help you win on a week by week basis. And then also get a 2021 first and a younger wide receiver, like even a Denzel Mims, like I mentioned before. Like, look to make these moves that help you and be smart with your moves. Don't just make a move just thinking, oh, does like, oh, yeah, this will help me. And then it doesn't. Like, you want to make sure this move is going to help you for the future. So, once you have your 2021 first and you make that splash trade, the next couple of decisions depend on how your leagues decides the 1.01 rookie drafts. And again, this is not Bush League. This is not trying to like just try to win at all costs and I'm going to start really bad people. No, what you're doing is you're making your starting roster worse in almost every case. And you're also going to make your bench a little bit thinner. You're going to try to make your bench really top heavy so that whenever you go to, if your league does a potential points as a way of deciding your draft picks, you're going to try to decrease those potential points. Um, also, if your league's going to do record, then you want your starting roster to be lower. So again, let's start with record. If your league does standings that decides your your 1.01 pick, which that's not what I like. I like potential points. Then I would look to get younger and to make your starting roster worse so you can get a higher pick in the long run. And if your league's more of a potential point league, which I think is a better all around, like I already said, look to move players that will score points. So that's examples like Rex Burkett, like move him for a 2022 fourth if you have to, get him off your team because he's going to blow up some weeks. It just, he always does. And that's going to raise your potential points way more. And it could be the difference between you getting the 1.01 and maybe a Trevor Lawrence and the 1.02 of, I don't, I don't exactly know the 2021 class, but I'm saying if you're in a super flex league, you probably want Trevor Lawrence like 10 times out of 10. 
And also, if you're using potential points, I would look to trade for players on IR. Some examples are Corlin Sutton, Saquon Barkley, and even Tariq Cohen. All these players are good for Dynasty, and they won't be scoring you points this year, which will help you, but they'll help you in 2021. So you just really want to focus on trying to make it to where your starting roster slash the people that are going to score you points have a little bit less boom potential, and they're going to be a little bit more steady. Like obviously, you still want good players if you're starting. Like there's a league that I have CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson. Like I have all three of those guys, and you know what? If they go off and score crazy points, I'm content with that. But their floor is is it's there, but their ceiling is just not quite as high. So just be smart about it again. And also one point with this. You need to be able to still start a full lineup. If I'm a commissioner and I see teams doing this, I'm not going to care until they trade away all their quarterbacks and they don't have a starting lineup. Then I'm going to care because that's against the bylaws. You know it's also against the bylaws? Starting inferior players on purpose. That is why I don't like doing standings because it makes someone tempted to be like, you know what, I have Alvin Kamara. You know what, Alvin Kamara is a really hard matchup, so I'm going to start Miles Gaskin this week. And they're going to rationalize it in their head whenever secretly they know. They will, everybody knows. Alvin Kamara is going to have a higher probability of out, over, outscoring Miles Gaskin like nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100. And they're doing it to get a higher draft pick. So what you do, you use potential points. You make it to where no one has to even think about who their starting lineup is. And instead, it's their whole team and trying to focus on, okay, who can I trade away for a draft pick? Even a lowly 2021 fourth, like a Rex Burkett, trade him away to make it to where my team is better set off for the future and I have lower potential points. Now, I'm still going to say in rebuilding slash retooling, you want to still be on the waiver wire and still be looking for those players that can increase in value. Like an example early on this offseason was Keelan Cole, because I think you can move Keelan Cole for 2020 on third pretty easily right now. And you really just scored points for your team a couple weeks and then you get another draft pick on top. So still be looking over the waiver wire. Don't just be sleeping on the waiver wire. Don't just think, oh, I'm going to not do this. I'm not going to set my lineup. Set your lineup because your commissioners are going to hate you. And I'm a commission two leagues, and I would hunt you down, and I'd either kick you out of the league if you didn't change it, or we would talk about it and you would start sending your lineup because that is not – that's for the detriment of the league. And that's why, to me, tanking is whenever you, you start starting players that are obviously inferior. Like in Alvin Kamara to a Miles Gaskin. If you bench Alvin Kamara for Miles Gaskin, no, like that's that's not okay. Like that is like obviously off. And so people will say, well, you can't say that. You can't tell people what to do. Their team, dude, don't start thinking that you like. It's all probability. And if someone's obviously benching someone on purpose, that to me is in the detrimental league, and they're giving away free wins, which affects usually the playoffs. And I have it to where three playoff spots are related to the division leader by record, and then three playoff spots are by points four out of the whole league. So I have three divisions, and so the division leaders for all those get a playoff spot and then three points four. So it's not going to be super detrimental, but at the same time, I want my league to be competitive, but I also understand if teams are really bad, like I have a league to where I have like five starting quarterbacks or no, six starting quarterbacks, and I'm not going to win anything this year. I'm still going to try to – I added Miles Gaskin. My goal is to move him for a 2021 second, start looking more towards the future because I know I'm not going to be able to do it. But whenever someone's looking for the future, it actually helps balance out the league because then you have teams that are go for more win now, are a little bit more – maybe have either more depth or a little bit more topic, they're going to make some moves. And then it helps hopefully – Balancely, because the worst people, not the worst people, I guess it's the best people in a way, if it's in your league, are the people that say middle of the road year after year. They're either the seventh or eighth or sixth seed, and they lose first round of the playoff every year because they go for it all, and then they can't rebuild. They don't know when to let go. And that's what a lot of people don't know is when to let go and to when to look at someone asked me before is if you're doing a rebuild retooling, how do you like stay with it? How do you stay like feeling good? And to me, a win 
if I win a week, that's a loss. If I lose a week, that's a win. And again, it's all about the moves you make. I'm still starting my my best players, and it's honestly a little funny whenever you win. Like I have a league where I picked up Miles Gaskin, I've Deontay Johnson, and they both went off. The it was uh, I think week two, and I ended up winning the week, and I was like, oh, maybe I could go all the way. And then week three, I got smashed, and I was like, oh, all right, this is uh, return to earth. I need to go back to my plan. Um, and it's just. You're still starting your best players. You're not. You're not benching. Like I'm not going to bench Miles Gaskin and start Giovanni Bernard. You know why? Because Giovanni Bernard is an inferior player. Now that's not the obvious point. So as a commission, I wouldn't be really hounding on it. But at the same time, it's potential points. So it doesn't matter who you start. You're still going to have the same potential points. Um, another little like cheat code in a way. If you're in a super flex league, trade for a couple of quarterbacks, three to four QBs, and load up on them. They will not hurt you as much for potential points. So only change it by a couple points because QBs actually score really similar. Uh, now, obviously, if you have an older vet like a Big Ben or or like a Tom Brady or Drew Brees, move them ASAP because you don't want them clogging up your your potential points or clogging up your roster in general, and you want to move on from them because we don't know exactly what's going to happen beyond this year. Um, also with, with the quarterbacks in Superflex League, they maintain value. They usually keep their value. Now, obviously, if you have something like a Carson Wentz, you're like, hey, are you sure? Are you sure? I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. But um, it's just one of those things that if you can make the right moves for these quarterbacks and you get four or five starting quarterbacks on your league in a 10 or a 12-team league, you're set up nicely. And you can move at least one or two of them. And then you're not as worried about the quarterback in the rookie draft. And if you're not worried about the quarterback, you can get the nice running backs or even the receivers. And with quarterbacks in general, Joe Burrow has been playing exceptional this year. And he's been actually way above my expectations. But normally quarterbacks, their rookie year, they are not top 12 fantasy options. Joe Burrow's showing me wrong. I was like, nah, there's no way. But he currently is. So it's just one of those things that in general, if you want a quarterback to make the move, so if you're retooling, I would not draft a tr- – well, Trevor Lawrence may be different, dude. He's he's a special dude. But in general, you don't want those first-round quarterbacks to be starting for you in the next year. You want to be able to have them as your third quarterback and then throw them in if they start to blow up. Um, also, with just in general prepping your team for 2021, you want those young player in picks like I've said before. But do not move studs for just picks. I want solid players back for the players as well. So I'm not saying like, oh, if I'm trading away Kenny Galladay, oh, I want Calvin Ridley. That's not going to happen. I want Calvin Ridley over Kenny Galladay right now. Honestly, the age difference isn't that much. So Kenny Galladay is someone I'd be fine holding. But also at the same time, you have to realize that sometimes you have to get multiple um, lottery tickets because you're, that's what fantasy football is. That's why I'm changing my philosophy with like someone like a Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley. If I can move them for two or three solid guys – like I would do that all day, every day now, because I'm starting to realize that that is how you maintain your dynasty. You don't get stuck in saying, I need CMC. Instead, you do what I didn't do, and you trade CMC. I traded with a, another team, and I gave them what became J.K. Dobbins, Austin Eckler, and Matthew Stafford for CMC. That is how you do it. You get those all those three pieces, and then your team is still contending. Because Austin Eckler, I know everybody's worried at the start. I was worried at the start of the season, but in general, Austin Eckler, I was pretty sure it was going to be at least a top, 18 back so you're getting a top 18 back you're getting a top quarterback and a top running back option uh jk dom is the current rb11 for me i expect him to come on strong once he's the starter for the ravens so it's like that type of move right there it's just genius because then you're just recycling your team and then if someone like a christian mccaffrey gets hurt then that guy who just traded for christian mccaffrey is just screwed and i'm not saying you're you're trading because you're scared of injury you're trading because you see potential value increase the next year and if, if I had really thought critically about this trade before, I would have thought, okay, 
I'm trading the RB1 for like the QB18, the RB11, and for me, it's like the RB15 for Eckler right now. What am I doing? Because that's three solid pieces, like really solid pieces, especially running back pieces. Like if you can get two top 15 running backs in a trade, oh man, that's awesome. And CMC is special, but it's just, that's the type of trade and move I'd look to do for this. So a couple of examples I have here. So instead of trading Kenny Galladay for two 2021 first and a 2021 second, I would trade Kenny Galladay away for Terry McLaurin and a 2021 first. Now, I'm not saying necessarily Terry McLaurin is the best example for this. Uh, he was the first person that came to my mind, but you could switch that around for Justin Jefferson, for Jalen Rager, you know, guys that are actually younger, which I'm not going to be super critical about age in general. I think a lot of people get too into the age of players and think you have to move them. But for me, it's more about where the players are in value. So we have Kenny Galladay, who's a top 12 dynasty wide receiver right now for me. Um, I'd actually want him over OBJ. I may need to change my rankings over that. And then you're getting Terry McLaurin, who's a PPR monster and event could will probably have a better quarterback going into next year. Like Haskins has just sucked. And then you get a 2021 first, which will probably be late. But you never know. It could be mid. And then another couple of trades you could do is you could do a trade for maybe A.J. Brown. You could do a trade for Justin Jefferson. I know he just blew up, but you could probably still get him cheaper now. Um, T. Higgs is another one that I probably wouldn't trade for right now. And the guy I'd absolutely trade for is Jalen Rager because he's on IR, which he should be back middle of the season, whatever. But he's the guy you want, and then you stash on IR, and then you just keep rotating the end of your bench with guys that you want. Um Again, the goal is to get an early rookie pick as well as load your team with talent for 2021. Now, with all of this, I said, you know, you need to look at your team critically. When you're looking at your team critically, you need to look and say, am I a couple pieces away or am I a lot away? Am I one of those teams that like, yeah, I could come back the next year, but it'll be luck if I get into the playoffs and win. If you're feeling that for next year, plan for 2022. Now, what I'm not saying is, you know, don't make moves like don't trade like I traded in a league two 2021 thirds for Tom Brady. I do that or it was, it was two 2020 thirds. Sorry. I do that trade all day, every day. And I've talked about that trade 20,000 times. But that trade to me is taking advantage of people having diminished value and looking at it as saying, if I if I Tom Brady doesn't turn out to anything, I'm cool losing the thirds. If he turns out to something, he's worth almost a first, you know, especially now. So if you can do those little trades that increase your team's value by a lot then that's something I would look to do all the time. But you also need to realize when your team needs to take a couple of years because all it takes is a couple of bad trades and you're you're just in a bad place. So you just need to, again, stay patient. So let me just go through the, the steps real quick. So first step, look at your team, decide, can I be a top two to three team? And look at potential points, look at points four as well. Now, if you don't have your 2020 first, get it back ASAP. That's the most important thing right now. When you're 0-3, teams are going to start looking at you and being like, eh, I can get a lot for this. And you know what? You're going to pay a lot for it. But you know that you're planning on it becoming the 1.01, 1.02, 1.03. Then make your splash trade. That's something from at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. Make that splash trade. Make that big trade. Commit to the retool rebuilding right now. Because if you can do it before anybody else, you can start racking in some draft picks, get some young guys, have people say, hey, I got this guy Keelan Cole. I think he can help you. Just send me um, maybe a 2021 third and a 2022 second, and he's yours. You know, or go for someone that maybe has is younger, has some potential upside. Um, someone off the top of my head is like Paris Campbell. You know, he played really well. You may be able to trade Keelan Cole for Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell's on IR. You know, you just never know. Uh, and so once you once you again start looking at 
making all those trades. And then your goal is to make, in general, your starting lineup a little bit worse, as well as to improve with picks and make it to where if you're in a potential point league that those players that are like your Rex Burke heads, your um, what's another example, like anybody that can just go off and get 30, 40 points randomly, you want to try to trade those guys away for draft picks. Um, in general, you know, just try to move them off your team. If no one's going to trade them, someone like a Rex Burkhead, I drop him and add someone like a JJ Taylor. And you know what? That's a perfectly fine trade. I'd even grab someone that you think can help you for years beyond. If people in your league are complaining, be like, y'all didn't want him. Y'all can grab him for fab. And I want someone that can help me for beyond this year. Because Rex Burkhead's 30. I don't see it happening. Um, also, you know, trade for those players on IR. Look for those players that can help you next year. But it's cheaper this year because they're on IR. Um, also, you do still need to fill a full starting lineup. You can't move all of one position. That is, that's Bush League right there. Like, I'm not saying that you can't, you can still trade like all your tight ends and be starting some tight end like a Nick Boyle, you know, on a weekly basis. That's fine. I wouldn't recommend it. I still want a relatively balanced team. Obviously, you, if you're going to go for a two-year rebuild, you probably want to lean a little bit more quarterback and wide receiver heavy and then just have some upside flyers like an A.J. Dillon that I talked about before um, or even just one guy that, you know, can be decent because if you have to start two running backs, you want at least one okay guy there. You know, it could be someone like a Tariq Cohen in a PPR league. He just got a contract. You just don't want to be completely just destroyed there because people do not trade those running backs. And then potential cheat code, trade for more QBs in a super flex league. They're not going to affect you in potential points, but they'll still have value and they can help you make those big trades, especially if someone halfway through the year loses their, their quarterback and they're like, man, I really need like, oh, you got, you have, um, I don't know, let's think real quick. You have Matthew Stafford still there because you traded for him pretty cheap. People are like, ah, oh, he's old. Well, Matthew Stafford still has two or three years left. I'm, I'm not too concerned about him. You trade Matthew Stafford away, you get 2021 first. You maybe get um, the whatever quarterback that got hurt as well, and you're you're winning. You know, that's what you want to do. Also, want to trade players away. Your stud players, you want to trade them away for also solid players as well as picks. You don't want to just get picks because picks don't hit all the time. Um, I do have a fun project that I'll be doing and looking at third and fourth round rookie picks and not comparing them to our strict standards of a QB one or RB two, a wide receiver three, and instead looking at them more as, okay, or not a wide receiver three, a wide receiver, top 24 wide receiver season, a top 24 running back season. Is that what it is? I'll have to look at it some more, but instead looking at them more as those, those flex plays or those bi-week fills and see how they do in that front. Because I'm very, very interested to see because in third and fourth round picks, we're not expecting them to be like the first round picks. We're just not. So if you can do moves and you get those more third and fourth round picks and they're more flex plays, then that can help you fill your team and maybe one or two of them blow up. I'd also look to, you know, go for some players that are hurt like A.J. Brown um, or even Jalen Rager. Also, again, your goal is to get an early rookie pick to load your team up with talent for 2021 and be patient if you committed to a two-year rebuild do a two-year rebuild don't try to rush it because i told you the trade i made a trade for cmc because i felt like i needed him i was wrong i should have kept austin eckler jk dobbins and matthew stafford and i would have been better off right now and then i wouldn't feel so hamstrung to this year i'm not making any crazy trades now but i'm looking at my team and i'm like i'm a playoff team but really like where am i at and i'm not feeling fantastic about it and i know i can't get eckler and jk dobbins right now straight up for cmc you know, that, that can't happen right now. Even if CMC was a 1.01 again, still that trade to me was a mistake. So 
That's how I would do my rebuilds retooling. If you have any other questions, feel free to DM me on Twitter at jsnake underscore DFF. You could also um, DM my pockets account at SNTDpod or just at me on Twitter in general. So thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to the Sink of the Draft podcast or if you listen to podcasts. Also, if you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or you have an iPhone, I'd really appreciate it if y'all left would leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help new people find the podcast, just help the podcast grow. I've been having a lot of fun with it. I actually have a hundred of y'all that currently listen, and I like really appreciate that. Like that's crazy to me. And I, I appreciate all of y'all and it just in fantasy football Twitter in general. I think y'all are all great. I love chatting with y'all. And yeah, so again, just thank you all for tuning in and let's be snakes this season. Mm-hmm.